But once you've worked really hard to get a client and you've worked really hard on their project to make sure that they're an ambassador for your brand, then at that point, it is imperative that you keep you keep the communication lines open so that you're not just throwing that project away. Otherwise, that client is only ever worth what that project was worth. Hello and welcome to this episode of Retain FM. My name is Pete and I'm delighted that you have joined me today. Whether you're listening to the podcast uh, through your podcast player or you're watching the podcast on YouTube, it's great to have you with us. And if you would do me a favor right on the outset and while you've got your device in your hand, go and hit either that subscribe or that like button uh, so that you can stay up to date with all of the new episodes that we create, all of the new content that we create. And... um, generally just make life better for me because actually those little likes and subscribes they um they do sort of boost you when you're doing this kind of thing and it lets me know you know that that people are engaging with it that you're finding value in the content that I'm creating so today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about things that you can do to improve the customer experience within your business. In fact, I'm going to talk to you about five things that you can do today that will help improve the customer experience in your digital agency. Now, customer experience isn't always something we talk about too much in terms of actually dealing with our businesses, with our own agencies. And really, that's a bit of a shame because it it's so important to understand that the experience a customer has with you starts right from that first inquiry, right? Well, even before that, right from that first visit of your LinkedIn profile or your website or however that lead became a lead, all the way through to a project delivery, but then beyond that to hopefully becoming an advocate for your brand. A few episodes ago, I did a two-parter about generating leads and what to do with a lead when you find one. So I'll link those up in the show notes, and if you um, if you want to go and reference those, then then please please do so. But that's just the start of the story, okay? That's just the the first piece of the jigsaw puzzle, and it's up to us as the agency owners to make sure that all of those pieces of the jigsaw fit together succinctly, are easy for the client, and ultimately lead to a, a good output for. Uh, for, for both us and the client that that's the whole that's the whole deal here not only is it about the experience that a client has whilst they're working with you on an active project but then you also need to think about how that client feels how they what is their experience in completing a project with you and then do they kind of feel sort of left high and dry at the other end that you know you've technically delivered what you agreed you were going to deliver but actually that's that's the end of it or uh, do you stick around do you hang around even if a client isn't paying you on a retainer do they still feel that you're there as a trusted advisor as a as a, a partner in their business who let's face it by this point now gets them now understands how they work and actually working with you in the future is just the easiest thing to do so it's really important to to get this right in reality the reason this isn't 
at the forefront of most agencies is simply because of time. You know, I get it. If you're a solopreneur or a, a you know a two three person agency and you're bogged down with client work, you're worried about getting the invoices out, you're trying to make ends meet each month. Actually, spending some time potentially doing something that's unpaid right now as an investment in the future that that can seem a bit jarring. It it can seem a little difficult to factor in. Whereas actually, you know it. If you're in a bigger agency, those discussions seem to happen a little more freely, maybe because the load is spread across more people, um, or maybe because, you know, as a smaller business, you think it is a discussion for the bigger businesses. But but actually, that's what this episode's about. It, it isn't. Regardless of how big or small you are, you need to consider the experience of your customers, as I say, right from the start to whenever a relationship may come to an end. So here's the five strategies. Firstly, improve communication. The reality is you can never really communicate too much with a client unless they explicitly tell you so. But you need to make sure that it is easy, firstly, for you to communicate with them, but more importantly, for them to communicate to you. And that may mean that you need to have, you know, a a catch-all email address. It may mean that you need to have a um, dedicated account manager. It may mean that you you need to onboard them onto a particular piece of software, but again, particularly for a smaller team, that they can, um, uh, you know, uh, do you use ClickUp or something? Do you need to onboard them onto that? Do you need to educate them in how to use that? Because ultimately, you need to equip the, the client to communicate with you effectively. But that only works... It, that's not just a data gathering process. That is also a response process. So it, it's only half the story to say, hey, yeah, use ClickUp. Please use this form. Submit all of your tasks, all of your requests, all of your feedback through this form because we will then see it. If it then takes you a week or 10 days to then get back to them, you're not being efficient even though they have used your process. So you need to think of that as an end-to-end process and ultimately what works better for you. So the thing that you can do right now particularly if you've got an inbox full of unread emails, is think, right, this isn't right, so this isn't healthy for me, and I'm not going to get back to the clients in a in an easy manner. How can I sort this out? That might mean that right now you go and spend an hour or so going through all those emails and either do delegate or delete, right? Either respond to it, send it to somebody else, or delete it. But clear up that inbox right now, and then Part two of this, I guess this is really the sixth strategy, uh, part two of this is to then go and put a process in place so you don't get back to where you were. Whether that's time blocking, um, uh, blocks in your calendar in order to uh, check your email uh, two or three times a day. Personally, that's what I do. Whether that's actually putting an onboarding process in place to get the client to communicate to you through your project management system, so that you're, um, uh, so that you don't have to worry about bobbing in and out of emails all the time. However, it's going to work for you. Strategy number one is go and improve the communication uh, mechanism you have with your clients. Number two, always deliver on promises. When I started working in agencies. Um, the first agency I worked in, I was the web guy. Uh, it was a design and creative agency. They uh, were award-winning for uh, prospectuses for universities, for national charity campaigns, for workshop recruitment. It was a great place to work. We did a whole load of cool creative stuff. 
but I was the web guy. The The agency wasn't known for being a web agency. They were a creative agency, a branding agency, and they were trying to increase their revenue by employing me. The That reputation, what that did to me was that meant that any work I did, any job I undertook, it had it carried the reputation of this award-winning agency with it. I had to deliver for clients. It wasn't an option. I, you know, if if something was going to be, if we agreed something was going to be delivered on a certain day, it was delivered on a certain day. And it wasn't that it was delivered at five to five on that certain day, untested, um, you know, without, without all the I's dotted and T's crossed. It was delivered. It was production ready. That was the schedule. And I had to work back from that. That single mentality meant that over the course of the three or four years I worked there, we didn't we were we became a an agency that did web alongside creative and branding. It brought that the department which started as me up to a, a, an equal standing with the other departments that were in the agency, all because we delivered when we said we were going to deliver. Fast forward. 15, 16, 17 years to where I am now. And my agency in the UK is very much built around a persona of we are the agency that picks up jobs that other people say no to. We've got case studies of where we've done, uh, we've, we've integrated Laravel builders with WooCommerce because agencies said that they, they weren't going to do it. We've got a Google Maps integration going on right now because the incumbent agency for a charity that we have worked for in the past said they we lost the pitch for their website they went with somebody else 18 months later that agency has said we can't do that so they've rung me back and you know that that is because when we say we're going to deliver something we damn well deliver it and that is that that's now with that means that we don't create a rod for our own back and okay we've got a bit of experience in doing that now but Always deliver on your promises. So while you're going through those emails from stage one, make a note of all of the things you said you were going to do for a client and by when. Maybe let's go old school. Grab a pad and a pen and a piece of paper and create a, a hit list. And once you've finished clearing your email out, you're going to go and make sure that all of those promises are going to be delivered. And if they're not, for whatever reason, you're going to communicate that with the client because that covers strategy one and strategy two. Strategy three, don't confuse clients. You may be in business because you love WordPress or because you love SEO or because you love development or whatever it might be. There'll be uh, something in you that got you to this place that you love doing. The reality is your client may not love it. My background is web development, and what I learned very quickly in that first agency is that clients just don't care how websites work. I don't need to explain to them about if statements and, um, you know, session data and cookies and all of this kind of stuff. They just don't care. They don't need to know about taxonomies. They don't need to know about, um, you know, different types of database relationships. I can go and geek out with that with my developer friends because yeah i i love that kind of stuff absolutely the client doesn't need to know it they what they're bothered about is that they're getting the best result for their problem whatever it is because that's what they're investing in you for and that's really a key point 
a client's project with you isn't an invoice. It's not a bill to them. It's not a, it's an investment in themselves. They are hiring you in whatever size or quantity that they're doing because they have a problem that needs solving. And what they're really looking for is someone to partner alongside them and get the job done. Yes, you may need to pass information between the two of you. They may need to understand certain parts of it, but don't confuse them. Every client will have a limit. And as you start to work with them on an ongoing basis, you will start to understand what that limit is. That also comes to things like simplifying technical jargon and stuff like that. Yeah. So number three, don't confuse clients. Number four, allow space for regular feedback. Now, in agencies, we're really good at getting feedback through design stages and stuff like that. What do you think of this? You know, do you like the black or do you like the red? Do you like yellow? Do you like green? It's, you know, parts of our work is really easy to get feedback on. However, there's other parts of our work where we really struggle with it, let's be honest. And actually, you know, we don't ask for feedback that much. When was the last time, for example, you finished a project, got a website live, and sent a client satisfaction survey out? That is just as much a reflection on the work that you've done to understand how satisfied a client is, what their experience was of working with you, than it is to technically deliver the job. So when was the last time that happened? And if you haven't done it in a while, why not? I'll hold my hands up here. I don't send out client satisfaction surveys or book client satisfaction calls very regularly, and I should do more. What I do know is that when I do them, I start them quite nervous and eat a little bit of humble pie, but actually they have been some of the most meaningful conversations I have ever had that have shaped my businesses over the last 15 or 16 years. So, have a mechanism for regular client feedback. If you're working with a client on an ongoing basis, you know, that might mean that, look, you just you just say every other month, we're just going to put a five minute item on the meeting agenda that says uh, that's for client feedback, that they can express any concerns that they have with the service they're getting or with the with the results that they're getting. And you can um, you, you can address it from there. If you're not working with a client on an ongoing basis, make sure you've got a process. As I say, you may not trigger it every time, and that that's fine. Hopefully, you'll get there. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get there. But just have the process in place. And then strategy five is staying in touch. So this is all about really staying in touch with clients that aren't on an ongoing uh, agreement with you, that you don't speak to month in, month out, week in, week out. Because ultimately, those clients, whilst they may not need your services on an ongoing basis, they will need some future work at some point. Look look at what happened with the release of Google Analytics 4, uh, GA4, over the last 12 months. Clients that we haven't spoken to in years needed some work doing, all because they need to keep their Google Analytics live. So, you know, we, we keep that conversation going. We'll talk about ways of doing that in a second, but it's so important. Another thing that's really important here is we know that the easiest people to sell to are people that have already sold we've already sold to in the past, we've already worked with in the past. Finding new clients is hard work and as I say, there's there's podcasts about that a few episodes ago, links in the show notes. But once you've worked really hard to get a client, 
and you've worked really hard on their project to make sure that they're an ambassador for your brand, then at that point, it is imperative that you keep you keep the communication lines open so that you're not just throwing that project away. Otherwise, that client is only ever worth what that project was worth. And that's rubbish. You can earn so much more um, value to your company and demonstrate so much more value to you, to your client's business just by providing ways of staying in touch. Now, whether that's whether that's setting a morning a quarter to actually review your client list and say, right, I haven't spoken to any of these people in the last quarter. I'm going to drop them an email and find out how they are. Or whether that is to um, uh, create a like a, a MailChimp or a, a MailerLite list and actually proactively send out uh, emails to your client base. So, you know, almost their, their project with you is like an opt-in to your mailing list. And from there, you then send them tips and you send them news updates and you send them new bits of software that you're working on and ideas as to how this, this could help you. You might want to segment that list if you work in different industries or in different locations so that they are maybe a bit more uh, applicable to the audiences that are going to receive them. But you could do that. Absolutely. So, who are the clients you haven't spoken to in the last three months? Who are the clients you haven't spoken to in the last year? Go and check out their website. Make sure it's still the website that you coded. Go and uh, just drop them an email and say, hey, John, how's it going? Haven't spoken to you a while. How's how's 2023 um, looking for you? You know, we're nearly halfway through it. Is there anything we can help you with? Or, you know, have you updated your Google Analytics yet? Because by the way, in six or seven weeks time, it's being killed off. So stay in touch with your clients and likewise, like with all of the above, put a process in place to make this easier and more consistent for you over a period of time. And the last thing, strategy six. This was a podcast with five strategies and I'm calling this one number six, but I think it might be number eight. Go and ensure that you are delivering the best you can for each client. I touched upon this um, a little bit in the, the lead generation show. Every client that you come across, every lead that comes into your business has the ability to be an advocate for you. The, the best source of new work is referrals because it's already landing on your desk with a live testimonial. If John Smith goes and tells Bart Simpson that he's had an amazing experience with you and Bart Simpson's also looking for a similar website for or a, you know a, has a similar problem to solve, you've already got that testimonial box ticks box ticked. It doesn't get better than that. So make sure that you're you are treating each and every client, each and every lead, each and every project that comes across your desk with that in mind. Is this the best it can be? Because while you it's it's far more efficient to make it the best it can be while you're doing the job than doing a bit of a half-hashed job of it right now and then having to revisit it in a few days' time or, worse still, the client finding out that it isn't the best it could be and challenging you about it, then you have to do some free work to rectify it and, oh, you can just get into a world of pain. We come to this partnership with every client as the web professionals, so you need to be professional. And this doesn't matter whether you're a one-person show with a hell of a lot of work on your plate at the minute and no time to deal with this, or whether you're a hundred-person, multi-million-dollar agency based in Soho or wherever. It or it's it's exactly the same from one end of the spectrum to the other. 
every job we do should be done as professionally as we can do it. And that is ultimately how you delight clients, but also how you get better clients because everything, you know, what might seem as a simple website for a a chauffeur or a plumber in your local area, why can't that be the best website out of any plumber and any chauffeur in your area or in your state or in your county or in your country you have the skills to do that and to delight that client so that they can then go and make five six ten twelve fifteen more clients for you rather than doing a half-assed job not delighting the client because a dissatisfied client will cost you future customers that is the truth so I've lost count of how many strategies we've had. But here's a podcast about things you can do today to improve the customer experience in your business and retain more clients starting right now. I would love to know how you get on with this. I would love to know if there's anything you've heard in the last 15, 20 minutes and thought, yep, I'm going to do that right now. And If you could tell me about that, that'd be awesome. The easiest way to do that is to jump into our Facebook group. So go to peteverett.com forward slash group or search Facebook for Retain FM. And I really hope I'll see you in there. And if not, I will see you in the next episode.